In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Thank you. I believe it. So much going on, so much richness. Don't let the things of the world distract you from the beauty of our Lord Jesus and his love for you in his power which has overcome the world. His love for mankind has overcome the world. Sin, it's making its little attempts to distract us. But the death knell of Hades and the failure of the enemy to steal, to try to steal what it was never its own to begin with, those created in the, in the image of God and the world created by him. The devil has failed. And it's proven in the paradox of the cross, which we continue to celebrate. You know we celebrated the feast of the elevation of the precious and life-giving cross. And we pro boldly proclaimed what a mystery the cross is, what it reveals. This past week I was exploring the writings of the Seventh Ecumenical Council in the mid-eighth century, proclaiming, affirming the calling of Christians to put their lips on the image of the cross. To venerate the cross. What a strange thing for us dualists these days in the West to think that there's anything of this world worth venerating. Well, remember the words of the psalmist, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell therein. And he continues to reclaim that which is rightly his own and employs it as the means of our salvation. The cross through which Adam and Eve were deceived, excuse me, the, the tree through which Adam and Eve were deceived, the wood used as a means of corruption has been reclaimed. Paradoxically, that tree of old that has been hidden from us, the tree of life, has been replaced with the precious wood of the cross. And it bear, bears forth not worldly fruit, apples or cherries or any temporal satisfaction. The fruit born forth from this tree of life is the very body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by accepting this, Paradox in this unique love that God has for us. Through the cross. Through the precious and life-giving cross. We become partakers of his nature. 
That's what we were created for. For this participation in the mystery of life that's hidden with Christ and God. So that, as we heard in the beautiful Orthros hymns today, and if you deprive yourself of Orthros, I'm sorry, I know a lot of you do for various reasons, but if you find yourself missing out on Orthros, I encourage you to come at least once in a while because you'll hear incredible, beautiful words of faith. And what fruit, fruit has been born forth from the cross by those who become partakers of the body and blood of Christ, who are inspired by the grace of the Holy Spirit, who live the life that Christ has called humans to live. We celebrate the memory of the great martyr of Stathios. We heard about him last night a little bit. Just listen to this one line from Orthros. He became the dwelling of the incorrupt child of Mary. That's what I want to be. And I'm begging of you not just to look at the saints and say, they represent some, something mythological. They represent something incomprehensible. They do represent something irrational. <laughs> they do represent something beyond our comprehension. They represent the reality of the fact that the gulf between God and man has been overcome. And by calling upon the crucified one and asking that by the grace of the Holy Spirit we may be piloted by Him. His breath may be the breath that we breathe. That it can actually happen. That man, the creature, how can it be the creature can be united with the Creator? What a great mystery! It's the mystery of the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the mystery of the only God who could truly be God if you believe in love because the only God who can be the true God of love is the one who would love so much as to become man and to die the most shameful death. Humiliating. What a scandal the cross is, but not for those who believe in love. And not for those who seek not power in the worldly sense, but the true power and freedom that is to pour forth from oneself endlessly without ceasing to be oneself. That is the life of the Trinity. The only God that could be loved, the God, a perfect communion of three persons, pouring forth from themselves, bearing witness to one another endlessly, proven by the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, who became nothing so that we could become everything in Him. And that's what we hear about during this season. 
We hear constant explication of the meaning of the cross and its power. And if you're not sure what your relationship with the cross is, that's okay, because the cross is a peculiar thing. A weapon of torture which became a means of life. Humiliation which leads to glorification. For those who seek, again, not worldly glory, but only the glory of the God within them. And the world doesn't know what to do with it. Because, again, it's contrary to the ways of this world. And then we hear the voice of the one who is the only king worth following. The only one who is the manifestation and revelation of true love. Our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ. And he says... Okay, guys, this is how you do it. If you would come after me, and I tell you, he's worth coming after. If you would come after me, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. You're clinging to your own life in vain. What you are and what you have was never yours to begin with. But I give you the freedom to do with it as you will. Do you want to be the receptacle of my love and enter into communion with the one who loves you in a manner beyond words? If you do, then don't try to hold on to anything. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. And follow me. I was reading some patristic commentary on this passage. St. Augustine of Hippo said, Our cross is, our crosses are our bodily struggles and the anxieties of this world that we face. Anxieties, the insecurities, the things that cause us to realize that we are not in control. And he says, the shape of our body reminds us of the cross of Christ. Look at, my body is made in the image of the cross of Christ. Let that be a reminder. Every time I see my own shadow, my own reflection, every time I look in the mirror, the manner of life that we're called to is set forth as an icon, as an image of our, in our very own bodies. And the only way for us to live that life vulnerable to God and relinquishing all things to Him is really to spread out our arms, open our hands, raise our head, eyes to the heavens where our help comes from. And, says my, and say, my help comes from you and you alone, maker of heaven and earth. There's nothing that we can take with us in the life to come except for our virtues or our passions. 
It's not worth holding on to the passions and the, the things of this world. It's worth walking up to the cross like we did when I was in youth group. As a kid, we'd write down the things we felt guilty about. We had a little cross set up and we'd put our sticky note on there or we would nail our sins to the cross. And that's, that's actually what we do in the church. That's what we do in confession. What do I do with these sins? And the Lord Jesus says, give them to me. Even those things that feel so intimately and uniquely your own. Whosoever would save his life will lose it. What a strange mystery. Whosoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. It profits us nothing to gain the whole world and forfeit our soul. So our calling during this time, beloved ones, is to be lovers of the cross. The cross, the scandal, the mystery, the revelation of God's love for us. That's why we love. Look, this doesn't mean anything in and of itself. Waving your arms in front of your body. Unless you're longing to have that reality imprint, unless you're, you want, again, you want to live a cruciform life. The way of the cross is our way. The way of self-emptying. The way of Christ. So, beloved ones, I encourage you this week to let this be your criterion. Am I denying myself in what I'm doing? Or am I trying to preserve myself? If you will, well, you'll get a temporary sense of satisfaction, but you will be sorely disappointed soon after. Am I taking up my cross? Am I denying myself and following Him? Am I allowing the way of the cross and the way of Christ to be my manner of life? Our calling is to become one with Him. I'll end with this little thought. This is, this is one we, that we often hear. God will not give you more than you can bear. Have you heard that? He will not... Whatever. Yeah, right. He won't give you more than you can bear. <laughs> yeah, He will. More than you can bear. Not more than you can bear with Him. Not more than you can bear with the leverage of the cross, the balance beam of righteousness. Not more than you can bear with the power of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So don't be afraid, beloved ones. There's nothing to be afraid of in this earth. All that is evil, all that is dark, look, listen, it's crying out. We hear the death knell of Hades. And we proclaim it every time we make the sign of the cross because the sign of the cross is 
yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a symbol of our death. It's a symbol of Christ's death. But also, at the same moment, it's a symbol of death. It's a symbol of resurrection. So mark yourselves with the sign of the cross. Bear witness to the holy gospel of the crucified and risen Lord who wants his life to become your very own. Who wants to become your dwelling. Pursue him, beloved ones. And let's walk this way of the cross together. Let us deny ourselves, take up our crosses and follow him so that we may find our lives and follow him unto the ages of ages. Amen.